Welcome to the Love Good Podcast brought to you by our patrons. This is Jimmy Mitchell, your host. Join me each week as I sit down with artists and thought leaders to chat about music, culture, and what we call the art of being human. You see, Love Good's more than a subscription company. We're a movement of artists and patrons who believe in the power of beauty to evangelize our culture. And we're so pumped you're here. All right, everybody, we've got a really fun episode in store today. This is with Jessica Gerhardt, all right? She's being interviewed by Marisol Alisea. Part of what's really cool about now having a Nashville studio and a Tampa studio is sometimes I'm able to host all kinds of really cool conversations and talks and interviews here in Tampa. But frankly, Marisol still lives in Music City, USA. She is still the one in most consistent touch with all of our artists Jessica Gerhardt, well, she's actually in California, all right? So this conversation took place over, I believe, Zoom. Really, really cool conversation about Jessica's really budding career as a singer-songwriter. I I have still yet to meet Jessica in person. I know they're going to talk a lot today about her 2019 EP, Be My Hands, as well as some more recent singles. But this is a really cool way to remember what Love Good is all about. We are all into up-and-coming artists, right? We always have been. And I love hearing their stories. I love hearing what motivates them to write music, to record music, to bring it into the world. And you can find not only interviews like this with Jessica in, in the last couple of seasons, but all the way back really into season one of the podcast, even the throwback bonus series that we just wrapped up. So many cool stories. If you're inspired by hearing how artists break into the industry, how they write their first song, what inspires them to even get out of bed in the morning, go back and listen to any of these. But today we have the privilege of sitting down with, again, Jessica Gerhart, California native. And coming up first is a little taste of her music. This is To Love You Well. It can be found everywhere digital music is streamed. Welcome to the Love Good Podcast, Jessica. How are you today? Doing well, yeah. Just another day in quarantine life, 2021. (laughs) And you're in California right now, correct? That's right. There we go. Well, here in Nashville, Tennessee, we are doing well. It is like cold. So are you in Northern or Southern California? I'm in Los Angeles area. So So it's like warm there all the time, right? It's... Relatively, yes, I suppose, but it gets cold to me. But I'm also a weakling because I'm in Los Angeles. So if it goes below like 73, I'm like, ooh, it's chilly. <laughs> yeah, I've kind of gotten like that too. It's it's like 20s in the mornings here in Nashville, which is like pretty cold for Nashville. That doesn't happen a lot. No. But um, it has been lately. And every morning I'm like, 
know. But like I'm from D.C. And I used to live in Kansas. So it's like I really should be like used to the cold now. But I'm still just so imp. And that's just that when you move to a southern state, it doesn't matter where you came from before. You're going to adapt and you're going to like. Yeah. I'm yeah. born in, I'm born and raised in Southern California. Like grew up in Santa Monica. Lived in the L.A. region most of my life with the exception of college in Portland. So I did get through that cold weather pretty consistently for about four years, but yeah. <laughs> well, our patrons actually, a lot of them probably don't know you very well. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, just kind of a rundown of like, what's your music like? What is your mm-hmm. kind of like mission with your music? Just like tell us everything we, everything we want to know. Yeah, sure. I started singing like... Well, I I don't remember when I started singing. I've always been singing. I started writing songs when I was about eight years old. And I didn't play an instrument or know how to write music. I had like no formal music training. So I would just like write my songs in like a notebook and just remember the melodies in my head. And I still have these notebooks where I wrote my first songs and I can like still remember how they go. But it was always just a hobby. I started playing ukulele when I was in high school and kind of, I had one lesson and then I just got really interested in it and just started teaching myself. And yeah, I guess I kind of just saw it as something I would, you know, enjoy doing and show my friends songs that I would write. But then when I went to college, we'd go to open mic nights and started jamming with one of my dorm friends and we kind of formed a little band And it still was something like I saw as fun, but I was majoring in psychology, figured I would become a therapist. Like that was my life plan. And then about halfway through college, I had read the book, The Alchemist by Paulo Coelho. And that kind of gave me like a, just a sense of inspiration around like what we do with our lives and how we allow ourselves to dream. And then I was praying one night by myself in the chapel on campus because we did this like overnight vigil. And so I took a shift at the vigil from like one to two in the morning and nobody else was there. And I just felt like this voice, this sense of someone besides just my own inner monologue, dialogue, kind of speaking to me and inviting me to to pursue music. I was just like singing because I had the whole chapel to myself. And then this sense of what I would perceive as God's voice was like, yeah, you should do that. Or you could do that. And I kind of argued with that voice because I had like a lot of reasons that that didn't seem like a very practical route for me. And like, I had a lot of fears about it. And then I just was like, but I guess if you're God and you're inviting me to this, I can trust you. So I just sort of decided to walk in that and came back to LA where I grew up after college and started pursuing music. And I guess as far as mission goes, I just feel a desire to keep walking in trust with God and doing what I love and it gives me a lot of fulfillment and joy when the songs that I write and perform have an impact on other people and just they connect with the lyrics, they connect with the emotion in the song and feel understood. So for me, I think creating music that has that effect on people is really important to me. And 
God and spirituality are, they impact how I write my songs, but I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like a worship songwriter. A lot of my music just kind of has some of those themes, but you know, that's just, I just write about life. So I love it. I love it. So you're kind of journey through music really was a response to a call. It wasn't just this like, oh, this sounds fun. It was like... Yeah, no. It was definitely like, I don't know about that because I just thought about life very practically. And if anything, I my grandpa had been an interior designer and teacher at RISD in Rhode Island. I didn't think about... like If I was going to pursue a creative career, I figured it would be art. I took a lot of visual arts classes in high school and in college. But yeah. And then you know I still majored in psychology, but then it, God was like, music. And I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. That's kind of how God is sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so walk us through a little bit of your music journey. So a lot of our patrons probably haven't heard your music, but you've got some great stuff up on Spotify, Apple Music, all the places that music are found. You've got an EP, which was 2019, right? Be My Hands. Yes. Uh-huh. And then a bunch of singles that have come out since then. And I want you to tell me about your favorite song on your EP, which I have my favorite too, and we'll talk about that. But I want to hear your favorite first. Oh, wow. Probably my favorite song on my EP would be Weather 2. Yeah, I think, I mean, that was the last one of those five that I wrote. And mm-hmm. it I was really influenced by like Fiona Apple and St. Vincent. And I just had been listening to a lot of songs that kind of go into interesting places with like chord progressions. And I'd also been struggling with just like letting go of like a crush or a relationship and just feeling kind of like all I could do is really just like pray that it would go away and like that I could just like move on. So it was just a very vulnerable song for me. And one of my favorites, like melodically to sing. And also I really enjoy playing it. Just like the chord progression feels really fun on the uke. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. Well, my favorite is definitely to love you well. Oh, cool. And I was listening to the song. I've been listening to music all week to prepare for this. And (laughs) that one kind of, I was listening to it like in the background, I think the whole EP in the background kind of as I was working. And then that one kind of came on and it just kind of stopped me. Oh, wow. And I listened to it all the way through and I was like, I have to know Uh what this song is about and what kind of the journey was with it. Yeah. So the whole EP was kind of arcing like my probably, I'd say generally like deeper conversion in my faith and my life and my spirituality. It was a very pivotal time for me because I was raised Catholic and I was never like disavowed of my faith, but I just like, was kind of, you know, loosely Catholic. I grew up at a church that was much more like community and welcoming than like devotional. So Mm -hmm. I just sort of felt like I could kind of just do Catholic however Catholic was for me. And that's kind of how I was raised with it too. My dad's side of the family was Jewish. My mom was raised Catholic, Mm -hmm. but she never like shoved anything down my throat or like made me feel like I have to be a certain way, which I'm really grateful for. I think that's probably the healthiest way to present faith to young people and kind of model it with the best integrity that you can. And then trust that like, 
that'll be more attractive than like trying to force someone to think a certain way. I kind of was going through a rough patch and like had gotten involved with this guy who was sort of a like a rebound for me from like having f- some really strong feelings for a guy friend. I had been falling for one of my guy friends. He didn't feel the same way. And so I was like, well, this guy over here is cute. And so we just kind of started to like hang out and it was not the most chaste experience. And uh, somewhere along the way, like my conscience, like what felt like God speaking to me, like even in like the most unpleasant moments or inconvenient moments would be like, this isn't really good for him. And this, you know, so it was interesting because I think a lot of times when it comes to relationships and stuff, women are given these messages of like, we need to be like protected and whatever, but there's actually the sense of like, you're not loving this person well. And so I started to have like a lot of conviction about that and started to realize I'd been trying to like not have emotional connection because I was scared of vulnerability and attachment and fear of abandonment, all those kinds of things. But then I started to just feel this invitation to like shift how I invited God into all of those feelings. I woke up one morning after kind of, or I was in like a lucid dream state one morning and basically saw Jesus in this dream, kind of just stand there like this with his hands. And he didn't say anything, but I gathered that he was inviting me to like give my heart to him and like put it in his hands. And so I was like, um, but I don't want to do that. Cause like, you see, I've got it in this box and it's like safe there. Like I'm keeping it in the box. It's protected. Like we're good. And then Jesus is just being all Jesus-y and he's just like, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, man. So I felt like if you're God, then you can protect my heart way better than I can. So I like all Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom style, like took it out of my chest, all like bloody and beating and put it in his hands. And then I woke up and I had this banner that I had made on my wall that says, love is a verb, love is a doing word, which are lyrics from the song Teardrop by Massive Attack. And it like hit me in a new way that like love isn't just something you feel or you fall in love or, oh, I don't love this person. Like it's something you do and it's a choice. And so I went to confession and I talked with this Jesuit priest at the parish I would go to every Sunday for mass. And I just was like, yeah, I haven't been loving well and like haven't been true with my heart. You know, I've been like more concerned about like what I could get than what I could give. How do I love well? And he basically kind of took a page out of Aquinas and said, you know, to love is to will the good of the other, to do what's in the other person's best interest. And so it just really set me on this course for like, okay, I want to start living my life that way. So like the first couple songs on the EP in the end is about like avoiding emotional attachment. Aquarius is about, shoot, I've got some deep emotions and passion, but like, what do I do with that? And like, how do I express that? And you're pulling away and I'm trying to give more and feel more deeply and be my hands was just kind of really taking that prayer 
of Teresa of Avila, like Christ has no body now, but yours and kind of adapting that as like a, okay, well then be my hands. Like I, I, you know, this sort of idea, like I need you to help me see with your eyes, help me to love with your heart in my relationships and to love you well kind of flowed from that where like, okay, now I've had this like pivotal conversion of my heart in the sense of like wanting to love well, but it's still hard. (laughs) I still have like all my desires and all my wants and impatience and also just like dealing with kind of grappling with feeling different about myself spiritually, my relationship with God in a college environment where I just, it wasn't as central to my life before. And I wasn't really surrounded by like, I went to probably one of the more atheist colleges in the country. And so just kind of feeling like I was growing a little distant from my friends for a period of time while I was trying to sort out what does my relationship with God mean and what does it ask of me? So feeling isolated in that and just, yeah, struggling with how to love well when you're still very much like human and I still have some selfishness, you know? And then whether to actually came probably a couple of years after that, but it was still sort of connected with that same relationship and just really being in a place of like letting go and trusting and being able to move forward. And yeah, that's, that's kind of the journey of that EP. (laughs) Yes. Well, okay. So my next question is about your past couple singles. I remember last time we spoke, you told me about this, but I would love if you could tell us a little bit about the song, Keep It Simple. Yeah. Um, Just such a beautiful song. And everybody that's listening to this podcast should go listen to it because it really is so beautiful. And the story that you've told me behind it is so beautiful. And I would love for our listeners to hear about that. Yeah, sure. So my, it's a song I wrote about my grandmother who passed away in 2019. And she actually died on her 79th birthday. Mm. And she, she was Catholic. She was a very rebellious young person and not very active in her faith for a period of time and like had a kind of more deep conversion experience later in her life. To start, she was a teen mom. She had my mom when she was 16. So like being a teen mom in the 50s was like pretty taboo in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania of all places. And she just really struggled because there had been just a lot of dysfunction in her family and it just it gets passed down generationally. And so she had gone through a lot and even pre-Vatican too, like she got divorced from the person who was my mom's biological father because they were basically forced into it. And it was like not, it was very much worthy of annulment, but pre-Vatican II, it was really difficult to get an annulment. So for years, she wasn't able to receive communion in the church. And that was really heartbreaking for her. But eventually she like found her way back to a relationship with God. And towards the end of her life, pretty much my teen years and my twenties were colored by when we would go to visit her, just like she and I having late night conversations about all kinds of things, but like, just, I would ask her so many questions and we would really get into like these heady and intellectual and often like theological debates about things. But she never made me feel like she would judge me for anything. And she never 
made me feel like my questions were unwelcome. She always encouraged me to ask questions. But when she could see me getting frustrated about like wanting the answer and wanting certainty and wanting things to be black and white, she would just say, Jesse, keep it simple. And, you know, go back to the basics, go back to the things that you know to be true in your heart. And, you know, don't worry about all the other, like how many angels can dance on the head of a pin stuff, like stick with the the core true basics. Mm -hmm. And so that when I was, after she died, I went from like, here I am holding her hand to like seeing her as ashes, which was uh, like two days later, three days later. And existentially, that's just like such a crazy, it's just, it's still something I'm processing. And I went through a lot of like questioning, like what does it mean for us to be somewhere else after we die and like leave our bodies you know, what is, what is all of this afterlife, you know, theology that, what does it all mean? How does it look practically? We don't know. So I just tried to go back to what I could remember of things she would tell me and keep it simple was one of those things. So yeah, so that song kind of came out of just wanting to remember her and her life and honor who she was. And also my journey of like how to grieve and how to process things spiritually. And yeah, that's where that came from. Love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing about that and for your vulnerability this whole time. It's been really beautiful. It's such a privilege. <laughs> last question or one of the last questions I have for you is your musical influences, your all-time favorite artists. Yeah. Well, I mentioned a couple of them, Fiona Apple, um, St. Vincent, Talking Heads is actually a huge influence for me. And I have a cover of their song, This Must Be the Place, Naive Melody, that I put out six or seven years ago under another name. I used to have a band called Feronia and I put an EP out, but then I like took all that stuff down. And so I'm just kind of re-releasing things under my own name. And so I'll be putting it back out soon, although you can find it on Bandcamp. But Talking Heads is a huge influence. Sufjan Stevens, Josh Garrels, Audrey Assad, Alanis Morissette, Wyoke, they're from Baltimore. Yeah, those are to name a few. There's like a billion, but <laughs> Yeah, of course. No. It's sometimes hard. And I always ask artists, I'm like, what are your what are your biggest influences and your favorite artists? Because sometimes they're different and sometimes they're the same. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they definitely, I mean, and sometimes even individual songs are just influenced by like an artist. One of the things that's been that pre-pandemic that was really fun for me was like curating events here in LA and putting together bills with other artists that I, that I've met and connected with and doing a lot of those showcases, like sometimes singer and songwriter in the rounds at different venues with like other female lyricists I was like really inspired by the other artists that I was listening to. And so I wrote a couple songs like around the time that I was just like jamming and playing these shows with other people that were like directly inspired by some of those other artists that I know. So it was just, yeah, neat to see how that can influence my songwriting too. But those are definitely some of the top favorites that also spill over into a lot of my songwriting. 
Love, love, love. And pray, pray, pray for an end of the coronavirus so that we can do shows again, do events again. I'm begging to get back on the road. And I actually am going on the road a little bit doing some shows. Shout out to anyone want to host a fireside. You know how. Go to lovegoodculture.com slash concert. We would love to have you. And we'd love to have Jessica featured in some of our shows. Just can't wait. Can't wait for tour life again. And we know it'll come back. We're just praying, praying for the hope to come. Mm-hmm. Anyway, before we go, just let everybody know where to find you on Instagram, social media, Spotify, all of that. Yeah. My handle for Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is at J Gerhardt Music and Gerhardt, G-E-R-H-A-R-D-T. It's German. And also on Patreon at patreon.com slash Jessica Gerhardt. Also YouTube dot com slash Jessica Gerhart. So but my website just jessicagerhart.com has like all the other links. So if you're just like, I can't remember all these things, just type in my name.com and you can find all of the things that you want to find. Love it. All right. Well thank you so much for coming on the Love Good Podcast. We'd love to have you back sometime. Yeah. Thank um, you so much for having me. And all everybody can go listen to, follow you on Spotify and we will hear more from you soon. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. Bye. I want to, but I want to know. As the sun falls down and the leaves turn gold, you're with me, you're with me. When snowflakes fall on my cheeks and nose, you kiss me, you kiss me. You're listening to Keep It Simple by, yes, you guessed it, Jessica Gerhardt. What a joy getting to sit down with Jessica today. I know that Marisol is really enjoying getting to be the the new interviewer of so many of our artists, both in Nashville and beyond. And, you know, frankly, it's just very, very exciting to continue to watch this community of artists and patrons grow. See, here's the thing. All right, when we started in 2013, we had no idea where this was going to go. We never dreamed of having seven, 800 patrons in, I think now, seven, eight different countries. That still blows my mind. Because the reality is all of us are looking out at a world right now that looks very dark, very despairing. And we're all saying, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. And this is the great role that beauty plays in our lives. It elevates our souls. It reminds us that we're not home yet. And when we pour resources and, and energy and encouragement into artists like Jessica, we're saying the world needs more of what you have. The world needs more of the beauty that you and only you can bring into it. It's also a nice reminder for all of us that even if we're not creative, even if we're not artistic at all, we have beauty to bring into the world as well, which is why this is your final reminder to sign up for Let Beauty Speak, right? That's gonna be a live stream retreat hosted with me on Thursday night down here in Tampa. And it's an amazing opportunity to reclaim hope. I'm not sure that 2021 is feeling any less of a year of crisis than 2020 was, all right? So so far, it's been a little bit crazy, all right? And I think it's an amazing opportunity constantly, right? 
to reclaim hope. As I mentioned last week, this retreat's gonna focus on the opportunity all of us have to embrace and invest in community right before us. We sometimes think that all the world's problems have to be solved by politics, especially national or global politics. Well, that's a bunch of baloney. Most of the world's problems are solved by climbing down our own chimneys and loving the people right in front of us. And that's what this retreat on Thursday night is going to be all about, embracing the call to live in community, to embrace the community before us. And I'm also just going to tell some epic stories of my new life down here in Tampa that's going to inspire the heck out of you because every day I'm watching little miracles unfold, specifically in the lives of high school age young men at this all-boys Catholic high school that I now teach at, or I don't teach. I actually just run campus ministry, which is a way better deal, but I'm just super excited to be with all of you. So again, go to letbeautyspeak.com to get all of the notifications so that you don't miss the live stream retreat as it's happening. And also, if you're not yet a patron, you're going to be missing out on a really cool opportunity to do a Q&A with me afterwards. Just like we do meet and greets with our artists on Zoom, we do Q&As with me on after all the live stream retreats on Zoom as well. And the only way you can do that is as a patron. The other thing that's crazy about being a patron right now is you get access to all 17 live stream retreats that I've hosted since March 25th, 2020, all right? Ever since the very initial outbreak of the coronavirus, we've been doing regular live stream retreats. Very, very exciting stuff. You can only access them after the fact as a patron. So lots to be excited about, lots to plug into. I also want you to know we've got some Spotify playlists that are roaring right now. A couple of brand new ones as well. Marisol's been working really hard on that and you guys gotta go check it out because some of the new music that she's discovering is unbelievable stuff that I would have never found otherwise myself. So all that to say, check out our Spotify playlist as well. Lovegoodculture.com slash Spotify. So much to be excited about. We love you guys. Next week, I'm sitting down with our beloved Dr. Ryan Hanning, all right? Regular contributor, Dr. Ryan Hanning. I won't even tell you what we're going to talk about because it's going to blow your mind as it always does. Until then, have an amazing week. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Love Good Podcast. Share this episode link on social media, leave us a review, and join our movement today by subscribing as a patron at joinlovegood.com. You'll start enjoying our premium content and seasonal packages that not only raise your standard for music, books, and art, but that also inspire you to evangelize culture through beauty. We can't wait to accompany you as you change the world.